This is an Area Code podcast. I thought you were calling me Patty, and I was like, I kind of have been feeling like a Patty recently. I was like, I have been feeling like a Patty, girl. Because my ass has gone really fat recently, like in a good way. Like Ooh, I, I look in the mirror, yes. and I, I, got, I got a little booty, and I'm like, hey. Patty. Okay, okay. All right. It really is going to be a hot girl summer, I see. It is. I got, my left cheek's name is Patty, and my right cheek's name is Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ashley Whitehurst, and I've been performing and directing and teaching and producing improv and sketch comedy for almost 15 years. I think poop jokes are funny. I'm Felicia McLeod, an improviser, writer, voiceover actress, and just started reading tarot cards. Hit your girl up. Hi, my name is Steve Hahn. I'm an improviser, on-camera actor, and director, and my estranged father has tried to connect with me on LinkedIn before. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to Comedy Has an Ouchie. I'm Ashley. I'm Felicia. I'm Steve. We have another guest. Yes. Yes. An honor. This guest. Do I introduce? Do I introduce him now? Mm-hmm. Is this where I say it? Yeah. Include this. I want them. I want the listeners to know how raw and um, unprepared I am. <laughs> yes. Um, this this guest is a star, a okay. alum of the yes. Bob Curry Three. Bar, 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 bar. Um, a, f- a member of the former Herald team, Duchess, if I'm not mistaken. The hottest uh, again, team. We are coming up with this on the spot. He is <laughs> a TikTok bona fide star and a pioneer, nay, colonizer of Instagram Reels, followed Ooh. by the one and only representative, Madame AOC. Yes. <laughs> uh, he is uh, beloved by many, will regularly found by the water pitcher at the mm-hmm. IO bar. He is the king of the bomber jacket and mm-hmm. uh, works for the Second City and other theaters and can be found online and on screen. <laughs> uh, help me in welcoming our guest, Alfonso. Yes, yes, how yes, was yes. that introduction, Rich? I did not, I did not run any of that by you. But how was that? Was, was any of that inaccurate? That was, that was great. Um, I, I, uh, I am not Rich Alfonso, by the way. Uh, I've been, it's all a facade. My real name, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh. That was, that was fantastic. That was a very glowing introduction. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Did he get anything? Did he miss anything? Uh, were you touring for Second City at some point, or doing theatric? What was it? Uh, you were doing something. I was, I never toured. Uh, I had briefly done what's known in the building as Patchco's. Patchco's, uh, that's what just it was, like yes. A bunch of like understudies and other people in the building doing best mm-hmm. of shows for the matinee. But I had, uh, as Steve mentioned, I was part of the third uh, Bob Curry Fellowship mm-hmm. program uh, ever done at Second City. Shout out BC3, hashtag BC3. There's, uh, some real, there's some real powerhouse people in that. When I think of like really yes, stacked bob curry I, classes i think of bob curry one i, I yeah bob curry three i think of bob one, curry, one numbers <laughs> one is the blueprint like one is like it, yeah. like the way that i like to pl- like to play it out and like i don't want to sound ego but i'm gonna I'm gas myself up uh <laughs> do it that's what Fel- wait yeah, felicia's felicia's ready to hype you up she's i mean it's her role today go for it felicia i mean if if <laughs> i look at the first bob curry as like that's 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 biggie that's notorious Speak. big yes. that's the best that ever did it they've been immortalized they did the thing like they Bless, still talk yes. about them to this day i would say bc3 is like is like jay-z like the Hallelujah. next one to come up 
hitter mm-hmm. still going on, going on strong. I think BC5, my BC class, uh, we're those two little British girls on Ellen that rap super bass. <laughs> <laughs> those two little girls. And they were necessary. That's my more boys in the boomer system. I was going to say, like, oh, these kids, are, this, is like, this is like the Kendrick Lamar group. This is like the to, to Pimp a Butterfly Bob That's nice of you. <laughs> um, hey, guys. What's hurting comedy today? What are we talking about? Mental what? health. Mental oh. health. Yeah. And just comedy creating an unhealthy relationship between us and mental health and how people are always scared mm. to seek help because they think that they will lose their superpower of comedy. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Somebody had that in the chamber ready to go. Yeah. Okay. I can read. thinking about this. <laughs> when, I, when, when I tell you she's a literate queen. <laughs> oh, that's what that, man, this whole time I was just like, man, what? Okay. yes yes we're talking about the unhealthy relationship between comedy and people struggling with mental health and hey if uh this feels like a heavy subject for you listening please don't feel like you have to that's your trigger warning get out get out sorry that was mean sorry (laughs) don't get out we love you we see you but we we understand i wasn't saying get out i was just saying i thought we were going around and saying our favorite favorite kill movies Get out. That's mine. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It happened at an unfortunate time. Unfortunate time. Stay. Stay. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were I thought we were mentioning like favorite Lisa Loeb songs that we love. Oh. I love oh, Stay. I thought it was Rihanna songs. I was going to say Only Girl in the World. <laughs> oh. Stay is amazing. Comedy and mental health. Let's do level two improv, aka what's really going on here. We're going to go deep, not wide, on a specific issue like mental health and comedy. Mm. Uh, and let's get into it. Okay. This feels like a big topic to, to cover. So I, I think we have to sort of drill down and maybe we're going to have to get probably pretty personal today. So maybe we can talk about our experiences dealing with our own mental health struggles in this community that is so mm-hmm. reliant on. Uh, Uh, a lot of superficial things, you know, like you have to look right for a part. You have to sound right for a part. You have to fit a specific type. And I think that can really get into your head very easily. So I'm eager to hear some of your experiences as far as, and and hopefully you're feeling okay. (laughs) Uh, We're not going to like, hopefully just say no. We just start sobbing. Yeah, yeah. This is a therapy session. So let's unpack this. I want to say... So I have, I'm pretty open about my mental illness. I'm really open about it. I post about it a lot. I, it's, I'm very open about it because I don't see that many people talking about their mental illness in a nuanced way. And I remember feeling really alone. And I think mental, with, I think with mental illness, like people don't treat it like they would like a normal illness, right? Like, it's not like, you know, like if someone has pneumonia, everyone's like, go get medicine, right? But with mental illness, because it's not a visible you know ailment people are hesitant to it this is not a nuanced take this is like you know a, an old take you know or whatever um i i personally I, I i not that any of us have to disclose anything but personally <laughs> i i have really really severe ocd it's really really debilitating for me ocd uh uh 
for those of you listening, if you aren't familiar with it or you maybe like know of it at surface value, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. It's not an obsession to clean. I think that's like what a lot of people think it is. I think a lot of people think things have to be organized or whatever. It's not that. Um, it can manifest in like that for some people, but for me, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. So what that means is that I have obsessions. I have compulsions to get rid of those obsessions, but that creates like a vicious cycle that gets worse and worse, right? So like I have a few types of OCD. Some of them are health anxiety. Um, I have really bad contamination um, OCD. So like if someone touches something, I like am convinced that it's dirty and like I need to clean it obsessively. That's that. So if you have contamination OCD, that's why you see people cleaning obsessively is because they think that things like in their house are dirty. So if you come over to my house, it is like spotless clean <laughs> because I, I have really bad contamination OCD, but you don't need to have that. How that works into comedy, I like have, I mean, it constantly, but like for me, it like I think that there is this fear of in comedy, like especially at institutions previously where like you, if you say some, the wrong thing or if you wrong a certain person in power or if you like get in something, you like there's these things and then the average person would think about it and like be like worried about it and then be done. I would obsess over it constantly. I'd be like, oh my God, I like accidentally like took the elevator from this producer or oh my god i accidentally you know walked bumped into this person that is a casting person right oh god and then that uh, i start obsessing over that and you know the the unhealthy thing about ocd is that you're constantly seeking reassurement which isn't really that healthy if not done properly xyz so it would just be a vicious cycle for me and it would really hamper me and i whenever i get into these bad bouts of ocd like it shows in my comedy i'm not present i'm not you know blah 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 so i'm for sure in the camp of like i would love to fix fix quote fix it's that's not that's not good verbiage how about i would love to um healthily cope and live with my ocd in a capacity where it doesn't affect my comedy personally you know like i i hate i hate that i have ocd but it is a part of me and like I take I I take active steps to make it easier for me and I take, you know, medicine and have there a therapist that like I actively work with so that my OCD isn't too um, debilitating, but it is a part of me and I would love to like find strike a balance between my comedy and my OCD where like, you know, it can they can live harmoniously. Yeah. That is that is so much to not have to be able to, to, to walk into a room and not feel like you can focus and then perseverate over it when you walk out and just not mm-hmm. be present and be fully yourself. Um, Steve, I'm curious. And uh, just because you shared, I, I, I'm putting you on the spot here. Has this felt like something you've recently been able to to use as part of your comedy? Or does it feel like you have to manage your OCD in order to do better comedy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, the latter, I think that mm. there's certain comedians that we know, we all know comedians that are like this and there's nothing wrong with it, but we're not nothing wrong, but, but we know comedians that talk about their depression a lot on stage and like talk about yep. it and use it to like make a joke. And that's not a bad thing. I personally, I've never made jokes about my OCD. I don't mind when people make jokes about OCD. I'm not like uber sensitive about it, but I just, I've never been able to have a healthy relationship with my OCD when it comes to comedy. Like I've never been able to like, I have yet, I like for so long, especially when I was in Urban Twist, um, I really wanted to like do something with OCD. I just didn't know what it was and I didn't want to like, someone was like, oh, you can make a song that's like ABC, like a like a parody of ABC by the Jackson 5. I was like, that, that's not, that's too, that's Boo. dumb. Oh, that's like the easiest, that's like the easiest thing to do. Like I'm not, yeah. that's not what I, I wanted to be like, 
thought-provoking and if I'm going to make art about it, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, the, another thing, like, you know, with comedy, it is, it is art. I mean, you know, when I think of, like, my, like, the most powerful sketches that I've, or the most, mo- the things that have moved me the most, they usually are, like, serious topics. Like, I think a lot about, like, yeah. that sketch that Sejal does uh, about, like, immigration, yeah. From, yeah, from Gaslight District. From Gaslight District. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think about that sketch a lot. And that sketch was like so like powerful. You know what I mean? Anyway, so anyway, that's all to say, like, I I I have personally yet to find that. And I I find that when my OCD is like under control, that's when I create my best comedy. Mm, that's like yeah. when I'm happiest. And it's like, you know, I I I I think that there's this thought that we kind of were discussing before we started recording that we can get into, but there's this idea that like the more like depressed you are, the more source material you can make sometimes for some people. And yeah. I'm just so in the camp of like the the more like at peace with myself and the more my OCD feels under control, the better content I create. Yeah, I think people see like with mental health issues or like with depression, they see sketches or comedy of someone who has dealt with it in a healthy way. So they're able to talk about it or fix it in in a funny way. So they see those things and they think like, I have depression. I can do that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're not ready to even talk about it to have a successful impact on the audience or like on what they're trying to do. I find that sometimes a lot of, for me anyway, a lot of the times when I see shows, whether it's solo shows or sketch shows, a lot of the times the, the, the scenes that I like remember the most are the ones that have like that nice nugget of like realness to it. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the, that scene from Gaslight District with Sejal and uh, Jasbeer. It's a very fun scene. Uh, if, if you don't know it, the idea is that like, Sejal's an immigration worker and Jasbir Singh Vasquez, who was the actor at the time who did it, uh, is coming in and he is trying to find, uh, mm. he's trying to get himself deported. And it's just like this fun thing of like why he's trying to get deported and whatnot. And then you, and she the plays process, like a ditzy, like she plays like the, the comedy is like, a, it's like, yeah. it's like a character, it's like a character piece for Sejal where she plays yeah. like a ditzy, like, exactly. Like an ice officer, you know? Yeah. And Jasmine is playing like pretty much like the just the straight man of the piece. You know, he's just uh, mm. uh, talking about like, oh, I'm going to get deported because like I'm technically, del- you know, a, a legal immigrant. But through the process, you find that that person is like he's just as American as like anyone. You know, he's just like he's never been to the other country. You know, he speaks full English, doesn't even speak Spanish. But there's that one part in the scene where Sejal's character finds out the reason as to why mm. the care like the Jasmine's character is going is because he wants to get deported because his brother's been deported. And he hasn't heard from him since. And he's like, if I get deported, it'll, you know, luckily get me reunited back with my brother. And then there's like this slow moment where like, it's just like silent. Like, it's mm. just like the amount of, there's like probably only like three lines between both actors. And those three lines take like maybe a minute because mm. it's like, there's a it's lot a of just scene. sitting in silence. Yeah. And I love that mostly because like I, in, in any show that I've done, like I find silence very uncomfortable and i've talked about this with my therapist um and uh it just relates back to uh how i'm uncomfortable with just uh i am I'm, I'm i'm quick to like wanting to like have something going on or like please people which is probably like why i do comedy in the in the first place so any type of silence or nothing going on like just puts me in this like weird like hyper yeah. reactive active state of mind where it's like something needs to be happening and 
uh, as like cap to like that whole story talking about that scene, I actually had to do that scene. I understudied for that review. And I remember going into learning that show. That was the one scene that I had the most anxiety about throughout the whole show. I have anxiety in general. Like I've been, I've had like really bad anxiety since I was a kid and it's like, it happens in like waves. There's like some parts of my life where I'm just like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I feel a little nervous, but you know, I can still function. And then there's other days where it's just like, I go into like a room, I look around and it's like, I have to get out of here right now Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm going to die. And like my heart's racing. I like, you know, I get sweaty. I look visible. Like I look very uncomfortable. And that show for that scene, because I loved it so much and wanted to like honor it so well, I was increasing the anxiety within myself because I wanted to do a good job. Um, And God bless Sejal Joshi. She is uh, one of my favorite people to perform with. She's fantastic. I actually have a really hard time pitching like bitty, dumb, like comedy, not dumb in like a derogatory way, like, like, you know, like, like, like comedy that's like lighthearted, I guess maybe is the better word Mm -hmm. for it. Right. I have a really, I have a really hard time pitching that kind of stuff because I, I, I think like for me, you know, with um, like my my relationship with improv, I started improv and at the same time as I, I started improv, I was having probably the worst bout of OCD I've ever had in my life. There was one day where I, I was traveling for work because I was consulting. Actually, actually, you met me during this time period. I was the worst I'd ever. I, I don't think I showed it mm, too much, but I was no. internally very much struggling. But I, I was traveling for work and there was one time where I left work and I, or I didn't leave work. I, I was coming back from a trip. So I f- arrived at O'Hare. I took the blue line straight to my therapist's office. It was raining. I sat down and I cried for 45 oh. minutes of it. And then he was uh, like, you have 15 minutes left. Like, do you want to talk at all? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And it, my intense OCD was because I was convinced for t- a lot of 2017 that um, like I had such bad health anxiety specifically in regards to HIV. Like I was mm. really anxious about it. And I have this like, I have this memory of, I was like so afraid to get tested. That was like the a big part of it. And mm. even, and the big part of health anxiety is that uh, hypochondria, I guess is like what it's also known as, but I prefer to call it health anxiety. But yeah. for it, like I, I went to get tested and I didn't trust the test. So I got tested every day for four, two weeks. I got 14 oh my God, HIV wow. tests oh, wow, Steve. and to got to the, and it was insane. It's insane. That's like insane behavior. And oh. it was to the point where like one of the clinics was like, you can't come here this often. Like, we like you understand you know what I mean and I just like I thought Mm. they were doing it wrong I like thought they were doing the test wrong I like didn't believe the test results I thought like in my mind I had convinced myself that like my label was wrong and so they got Mm. they gave me someone else's results you know what I mean and like it was affecting my work because I was I was working at a consulting office at the time and I would like take these like 10 minute breaks in the bathroom where I would just like examine my body because I was afraid that like a symptom was going to pop up during work that day you know what I mean and so but I was taking improv express at the same time because I just started comedy and I was like living this weird thing so in my mind like i associate improv as this thing that like for lack of a better phrase and as gooey dumb as it sounds it really saved like comedy saved me in a lot of ways i have this memory of like i finally decided that i had to go get tested like i could not sleep anymore i was losing a lot of hair and i like i was late to class because uh and annalise toft was teaching that no Jeannie Calhoun Griggs was teaching that class who was like so lovely and kind. And I messaged someone in the class being like, tell Jeannie I'm going to be late. I went and got tested and I got like my first negative result. And I was like so relieved and I went to class. Um, and I don't know, in my mind, so in my mind, like when I approach comedy and I'm, when I approach this craft, I have a really hard time dissociating like comedy for what it is and not thinking of it as like a vehicle to say something. 
which yeah. like comedy doesn't have to exist like that and i think i i don't want to come off as like this preachy like you should be saying something with your comedy because it's okay if you don't say something with your comedy comedy should be whatever you want it to but i think for me like i find personally the most powerful comedy is where comedy is used as a vehicle to 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 have a nuanced take on something without yeah. allowing yeah. that new that that the crux of what the the thing is about to be the butt of the joke right and that requires nuance it requires hard it requires like it's a really hard fucking thing to do um mm -hmm. and i i personally haven't mastered it in everything i think i'm pretty good at it with certain things but it's a really hard thing to find balance in but and i finally was able to strike that balance because i i wrote an episode of my my or i i'm writing this episode that i've we wrote written the pitch for it rather sorry of henrik my writing partner and i we wrote this show and one of the episodes is a, a bottle bottle episode where like mm. the beginning to end is like the how long the episode takes like there's no time jumps of mm -hmm. like my character getting an hiv test at the beginning and then the hiv test takes 20 minutes to get the results for so like the perfect length of an episode and then at the end of it you know you get the result but it wasn't until that that i was like oh this is the vehicle right so that's the other thing is like sometimes sketch is not the best vehicle for certain issues right that's right yeah yeah, yeah it's, so. you're spot on with that steve i i find i can pull it out of people a lot better well uh, way better than i can actually sit down and, and do something like that for myself I, if you want to pitch something and you're like i want to say this i have a lot easier time and there's probably a lot of like uh, therapeutic reasons why it's easier for me to sit there and be like let's talk about your trauma and not talk about my trauma well, uh, that's true for I, everyone though right that's i think that's true for yeah. everyone I, I think that's true for everyone it's easier 100%. to talk about yeah and if than, you yeah. come to me yeah. and you want to write something i would happily write it with you but it's harder for me to be like i want to because i'm in the same boat where it's like i haven't figured out the the nuance take how i want to say uh, you know, how depression and uh, childhood trauma and alcoholism and all that stuff is like affected me. And it's because it's in the, the voice in my head is always like, okay, you, you have to be smart and nuanced and say something meaty with it. It's not just a throw a throwaway joke because I realize when we're on stage, you have a bit of a platform. And so if you do it irresponsibly, man, it could really damage you know, people out there who are just like, oh, well, I struggle with that too. Like that was kind of a, it's kind of an asshole way to say that. So mm -hmm. it, it's hard, but if anybody in my life was like, I want to write this show about this, it's like, yes, let's figure it out. Let's like write down, get to the meat of it, truth and comedy, what's really mm -hmm. happening, all that stuff. But it's, it's really hard and it's a hard industry to be in when you've struggled with that because, you know, it's, it, well, actually, I'll ask this. Do you feel, do, does anybody here today feel like um, comedy has made any of this worse or institutions have made any of your mental health issues worse? Uh, improv or comedy or, or just the entertainment world in general yeah. does have this built-in thing that will exacerbate any type of insecurity or feelings or mm -hmm. uh, you know anxiety yes. or self-deprecation. It'll take that, I think, and, and enhance it or, you know, kick it up to like the umph degree. I got into a point in my career where like I looked at every single thing that I did as like a good, bad move or something that was like in the middle. Like everything mm -hmm. was like from like what I would tweet to a post to an email to a, a simple passing by a, a producer or a director or a yep. coach. Like every single bit i would take like whatever minute interaction it was and then i would just play an entire day's worth of just like it, scenarios that mm. have yep. no that don't exist at all and will never exist 
But my mind's just like, well, let's play that one more time. Well, let's play that one more time. But one more time. But now let's throw up. Of an alien invasion in there for some mm-hmm. reason, uh, or like Avengers, you lost, Avengers, yeah. girl. Yeah, and then you blip. Let's say you blip, and then what happens? Then you miss that. I would love to blip. <gasps> Don't tease me. I would love to blip. Go away for five years and come back younger than before. Oh Delish. Everybody else but is older you, than you now. Yeah. yeah, everyone might be gone. Whatever. Well, you were gone first, I can make, so it's like I can make. Anything, I can. Like, I can make new friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was one instance where I was coming back from i did a ship for uh oh. second city and which one okay I, I did the gem uh the, I don't know why the I asked, lovely I don't gem know. okay and for people who don't know what ships are uh these are cruise ships like the titanic yeah, yeah. Like the titanic. it's a cruise uh they stick uh second city actors on to do archive mm-hmm. material improv shows it's fun and also the worst uh three months of uh performers lives <laughs> is it three months I, well, sometimes I, it's uh it's generally four and a half months four and a so half months yeah sometimes months, you're yeah. they hire you to be on the front of the ship like the the mate the the, 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 the <laughs> that that bitch that's on the front of the boat the, you know yeah, talking yeah. about the, the yeah. wooden bitch that's on the, on the front that's like <laughs> <laughs> crossing her arms being all being all getting all water on her and shit she's like I will now leave this like after talking about all of this and like the phrase that wooden bitch would just like is this gonna I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to sleep like chuckling to myself like a fucking idiot it's just like <laughs> uh, oh my god that would okay I'm excited to hear about this ship story because uh, I bet nothing uh, makes anxiety worse than being stuck on a ship well, that you can't so get off of here was the here was the the funny thing so this was I got my ship like just right on the tail end of like getting done my Bob Curry. Mm. um things were like going super great like right after bob curry like i started doing patches and i got to do urban twist and um i got tapped to do stuff i was just doing stuff left and right in the building and i i was probably uh that was like probably the first time where i felt like i was 125 percent confident in every single thing that i did like i like my shit didn't stank you couldn't tell me nothing i was on a roll i i just felt hot like i was mm. just good and, and and i also felt just like just great because knowing when i started improv and taking classes i was having anxiety you know walking up into the building walking to a class seeing like all the people there and going through you know i remember having like you know panic attacks before class during class after class and i would suffer on through and make it and there were days where like i was awesome and i had fun and there was other days where I, I, it took every ounce of my being to keep from just like getting up and just like walking out Mm -hmm. and not turning back and just going straight home, not even getting Mm -hmm. on a bus, just like walking all the way back to my house. Cause I would just Mm -hmm. need to get Mm -hmm. out. Um, uh, hashtag Jordan Peele. (laughs) Um, but so, yeah. Oh, I love that song. Uh, (laughs) Um, don't please. I'm so sorry. We'll sing it after. No, I'm going to, I'm going to play it on my Spotify in a bit. Um, So come my, I get my ship, I get on that. I'm just like floored. I'm just like, this is super great. I like everyone on my cast so much. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I get to quit my full-time job. I was working at a tech company and I got to be like, I'm going to the seas. Um, I get on there and the first week or two goes by really quick because the first week you're doing what's called an install week, which is basically you go with the cast and like your director's with you and your producer um, I think within the first week of shows, I think it was like 
the third um, show that I had, I just had like the a complete. I I I had this feeling of like I can't do the show tonight. Like it just oh. it just came back. There was no mm. there was no like leading up to it, which I normally had felt before with my anxiety. There was no moment of like, oh, I think I I think I I think I feel this coming up. It just like boom, and I was like show ready. Like I had my my suit was on, my tie was on, and I was getting ready to leave my room to go to the theater to perform what was going to be like a 45 minute improv show, uh, which I had done, you know, tons of those before. And this was going to be my second or third show. Uh, and I just ate my, I was just like trapped. I, I was mm. like frozen my heels with like maybe like 10 minutes like left to like get to our call time. And I'm also a very stickler of like, I want to be on time to stuff. Like I hate to be, the person that's even like a minute late. Like I have such anxiety about like, Oh my God, they're going to talk so much smack about me. Cause I showed up like 30 seconds late or whatever. Like I get super anxiety about that, but I was just like basically stuck. And like, I sat, I like, I remember like plopping myself on the ground and I just started like breathing, like, like the hardest I've ever breathed in my entire mm-hmm. life. And I was just like, I need to, I need to calm down. Like I, this is, mm-hmm. I have to do this show. I have to do this show. And then I was starting to go into this like rabbit hole of thinking of like, I have to do this show. I have to do the show. I have to do the show again tomorrow. I have to do the show again in two days. I have to do the show three times, this specific show three times a week for the next three and a half months. Like, mm-hmm. and it was like, like waves of anxiety were hitting me at that point. Cause it finally hit me that I'm like, Oh, I have to do this all the time. Now this isn't the thing mm-hmm. where like, Oh, like I have one show this week or like I have three shows this week, but they're all spaced out. It's like, it's like on a Wednesday and then the other shows on a Saturday, but I still have work to keep myself occupied. I'm like, this is my, this is my job. Mm. And now I have to look at this as not only the thing that, that I enjoy and have fun with, but I am getting, you know, uh, I I could get evaluated for this job. If I, if I suck, like that could get back to the producers. (sighs) And I literally, I got up. And I remember just like getting up and then walking through this passageway, which is only for the crew members of the ship because there's different, you know, corridors and hallways that only like crew members uh, can go through. And it's like, Walk you're the Titanic, you'll see. but I was walking and like breathing really heavily and just like having all this stuff like racing through my mind. And I remember getting on up and meeting with like the rest of the group. And I was like, Hey, what's going on? And once I started talking to people, I didn't tell them this when it was happening. Cause I was like, the last thing I want to do is like tell somebody like, Hey guys, just so you know, right before we go on, uh, I know we got places, but like I'm having a massive panic attack right now. <laughs> so have fun for the next 45 minutes. Got, your back. got I wish, I wish we could, I, I wish, wish we could, could do that though. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There should be, anyway, sorry, finish yeah. your story. But for, yeah. Finish yeah. Your story. So anyway, like I, I do the show and, and what happened is something that happens all the time. It's, and it's the thing that usually like kind of centers myself whenever I have an anxiety attack is that once I step on stage, I am fine. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% fine. Once I'm talking and doing a scene, I'm fine. The anxiety just like slowly washes away. So that happened when I did the show, but afterwards I was just like super like, uh like i just like took a moment to myself and was like i gotta find a way to just i gotta manage this because i'm stuck here i'm stuck here 
and literally stuck here because there is no way off the ship unless you want to get on a door and float in the sea <laughs> back to Chicago or whatever port. It's and possible. It, and the, you know what? That's I'm not going to. I'm never going to say anything is not. <laughs> I'm never going to say anything is not possible. So everything has uh, <laughs> life finds a way to quote a very famous person. Um, well, this yes. So like this is exactly why like I am firm in my belief just like sports teams have sports psychologists there should be no reason that they don't have licensed therapists in these buildings or on tour with yes with these groups or mm-hmm. on these ships uh if they ever come back which they probably won't uh because y- you outbreaks on boats you ain't gonna find me anywhere near <laughs> doing you ain't gonna find me doing four Steve's not going near you're not going outbreak. to a boat don't worry <laughs> But I still think therapists should be in these buildings or you should have access mm-hmm. to some sort of, even if it's part of the curriculum, you have a class that is taught by a therapist that is like, hey, uh, you know, be, because because so much of our so much of our colleagues in this industry are people who are struggling with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes the reason they shine so bright because they're, you know, either manic and doing an amazing scene or they're struggling mm-hmm. like Rich before a show. And mm-hmm. It would be so amazing if we had institutions that actually cared about the performers and didn't want to, you know, kind of ring them out for for the funny bits and then kind of toss them aside. Mm-hmm. Steve, what say you? You're making a face. No, I, I, I'm just, that's, that's, that's all true. I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling like a used condom. Yeah. Don't ring me out. Okay. Don't ring me out and throw me out. <laughs> that's a good segue maybe for us or to talk about maybe like on the positive side of mental health and this, mm. like are what are some things that we have like in our spaces and in, in theaters that have helped us? I think like there's yeah. something to be said about like, mm. you know, it's not all, I mean, maybe it is all bad, but you know, it can't, <laughs> it, it can't all be bad. Oh no, I was just saying, yeah, it's the people. It's the people that keep me coming back and it's people that keep me strong. Like as mad as I am mm-hmm. at a lot of these institutions, I am grateful because I would yeah. have never met you guys. I would have yeah. never met like people who mean so much to me and exactly. um, who have helped me with my mental health in a way. Mm. I've been in a I, I've been very fortunate to have been in a green room with all of you. Yeah. yeah. And I feel very safe. You know, Felicia sometimes sits on the sofa with me and in IO especially. And she would hold, rub, she would like hold my hand. I hold his little like, hand. Oh, and you. <laughs> It's, it ain't that little, but you know, <laughs> 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 compared to your, you, compared, you have you you have these like little little petite hands, and compare. I was like, girl, this is I'm I'm King Kong and Godzilla. You're the cameraman. Uh, you know, <laughs> if I could if I could side note just to just to gas up Felicia a little bit, she is one her. of those people that just like Lies. there is she she could not fake empathy at all. She can't fake it. It's so genuine with her. Mm. Like when she sees 100%. you. Or you say something to her that like, you know, is something important, either a good thing or a bad thing. Like, like she feels for you and like she shows it and it's like so earnest. I feel like I am such a good like bullshit detector of people who like when you say something like, oh, oh, but like they don't fucking mean it. Like they say <laughs> they, they do all the things. Felicia is, Felicia is the human equivalent of, have you ever tried microwaved peeps? <laughs> 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 They're good. They they melt a little bit. Oh, <laughs> well, that then that's what Felicia does. She melts a little bit when you t- when you tell her something, and she's just like very like she takes it as like she's yes. honored that you're telling her this thing that's important to you, it's and a then privilege. she shows it. Yeah, it's, did you? See it it makes me. It's a privilege because it makes me think back to what you were saying when um Steve was like, we should be able to say when we're anxious yes. or when like 
I feel really depressed. And I think that's what being in the green room and warming up is supposed to be. Like, I remember with like, there'd be a few groups like with Nectar or with Matt Damon, we would check in with each other. And if somebody is having a hard time being like, you don't have to be in this show if you don't want to. And being able to check in truly and see where their heart is. And I think um, that's what's so important and what would be helpful with a lot of groups. Yeah, and it and I, I I wish that as a as like a art form, and I mean to be quite frank, I think this like this type of conversation I've mostly only ever had these types of conversations in like the com that the diverse comedy community, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. with performers of color that I have mm-hmm. these types of real conversations yeah, with, mm-hmm. and when I'm with white performers, a lot of the time it's really bitty. Yeah, it's really and again maybe it's maybe in behind closed doors it's experienced, but I will say like. For me personally, as like a queer performer of color, I have mostly only ever experienced this. Like, like when I think about like Felicia holding my hand in the <laughs> green room, when I, because really, I whether or not Felicia knew, I there have been moments where I associate parts of some of like the darkest moments I have when I've like been at IO and whatnot with actually Felicia. When I um I ha- I like did not make a Harold team one time at, or like when mm. I was going through it, and like that's like a stupid thing to put weight on, but I also ha- it happened to coincide with a really bad bout of OCD I was going with, mm. and we were at Shakers. And Felicia like mm-hmm. sat down with me at the bar. Do you remember that convo? Felicia? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like really talked me through it and helped me like redefine my sense of self-worth. And like it it wasn't fixed that night by any means. But you know, I, I think about that, right? It's this check-in. It's the the like yeah. people of color checking in. And and there's like a level of realness. And people of color have the most fun and you know, are bitty and everything like that, obviously, as well. But I think like there's this assumed language that kind of is just like, are mm-hmm. you like how what wavelength are we on today and i will meet you there you mm-hmm. know and yeah i will say like it's something that's really beautiful about the chicago the diverse comedy community and mm-hmm. um it's something i personally like living out in la i really miss about chicago i really mm-hmm. feel like a lot of those white performers it's a lot of their own insecurity and yeah. their own bullshit that they're going through and they don't yeah. even realize how they're trying to deflect by just doing bits instead of having mm-hmm. a real conversation yeah. mm-hmm. It's a covering for the, it's a veneer for the neuroses because it's like every. (gasps) Say that again. That was a sexy phrase. It's a title of the show. For the neuroses. Veneer for the neuroses. VFTN. Welcome to the veneer for the neuroses. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. That was just Michael Bobaro. That was just, that was just like a. That was like a fully melted peep in my ears. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Felicia in your ears. (laughs) Whispering. And again, I think it goes back to what we said at the beginning, where it's like a large part of mental illness is like feeling alone, right? Yes. It's like you, yes. you feel like you're tortured. Yes. You have to suffer through it alone. You're tortured alone. It's why like going to therapy is a really scary step because you feel like this is something you should be dealing with alone, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, there is something to that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's something to be ashamed of. And it's like, it's not. It's not. It's We're all dealing through it. Yeah. It's not. There are other things that you should be ashamed of, but not this. Okay. That's right. <laughs> and with that, let's move on to our next segment. <laughs> We're, uh, we are moving on to the shit jar, our gossip restorative justice coping mechanism part of the show. We're going to share a story about something bad that's happened. Or funny, terrible, and then we're gonna fix it. However, mm. we choose. Does anybody have uh, an entry for the shit jar today? Maybe a so. Mental you know how we usually, you know how we usually like reenact it. Some, not usually, but sometimes yeah. we reenact it. Rich, if this is not like 
triggering for you would it be okay if we reenact how it would have been on the ship if we were supportive of you if you had told us oh yeah i would love for us to see what it would look like if we supported people love that i don't know but again rich we don't have to if you don't want to if you have a funny story you don't we don't we obviously do not have to i'm not gonna force you to do it i that sounds that sounds really great how about this let's pretend we're an indie team called you know wooden bitch we're about to do a show at like the annoyance or something and we're at the we're we're in the green room the four of us are an indie team and i will come forward and say like hey i'm not feeling too great today and then maybe we see like how this can be handled you know what i mean okay all right zip zap oh sorry i'm sorry uh, you guys i'm sorry i'm out of i'm out of it was probably me i'm sorry i'm like out of it right now i'm sorry no it's okay do you do you want to talk about it do you want to play Uh, another game just want to do another (laughs) warm-up we can Um, yeah we can do it no yeah we uh, okay we can do another warm-up before we do the warm-up we could do like just a quick check-in just to see how how everyone's doing oh okay um i i got a new puppy oh oh that's so cute congratulations what is their name puppy no (laughs) <laughs> that's oh. so cute thank you that's, that's, nice. that's so cute yeah. that's so cute uh, yeah I uh, got a I got a 25% raise at work today so that was congratulations nice. hey, that's awesome so wow. yeah, yeah. that's so cool 25%. that's yeah, awesome yeah yeah Doing okay. I mean I didn't do much but I mean like I, I my dad called me for like the first time in like a long time yeah. that's awesome yeah it was actually a, dad, a good chat. that's so cool yeah I'm sorry but that's cool that you have a dad I I could be your dad. I just, How much I you just, doing? I, um, what's up, man? I'm just, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm feeling really down today, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I woke up and I've just been kind of down. Yeah. You and know? that's okay. It's okay, okay to not feel, feel happy. It's okay to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, I appreciate it. Can I, can I ask you, can I ask you a question? Do you, yeah. Do you, is this the first time you've ever felt that way before? Show? Uh no, um this it's not. I felt mm. like this a few times. Oh wow, I'm well. I'm sorry if we. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm I sorry. didn't no, say no. anything or do anything. I'm really happy for you. I'm. I, no 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 no. I, I it's great that you have a dad. I'm really happy for you. That's. My puppy bit me, and I'm. It's, I'm probably not going to be okay. So I yeah. mean, like, I'm here with you. Oh. And this twenty five percent raise is completely. Um, just peanuts. overspread over no, 25 you guys, years. So. You, and, you guys, and my dad. No, no, no. Really you guys can. You, we spent no, you 25 guys, minutes I, just talking about how I've made every life decision that's wrong. Just like I shouldn't be playing improv and when yeah. am I making money? It was horrible. Well, it sounds like yeah. we're all having. It sounds like we're all actually having bad days. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. We are. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I had. Be on, to... I'm going to be honest. I actually. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do this show. <laughs> If I'm being honest, I don't want to do this. You guys, show. it's the playground. Okay. We don't have to do it. Yeah, give Should me one we just second. Are you, are I can't sure? believe you guys know that. No. You guys know that they can all hear us. You know, like if we're at the playground right now, <laughs> and we're on stage, we're on stage right now. They can hear. Us. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, give me, give me one second, one second. Hey, yeah. um, yeah, the wooden bitches. We're not that wooden bitch. We're not, we're not performing tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know it's bring your own team, but we're gonna uh, go ahead and bow out. And we're gonna take the five dollars yeah. that we put in the can back. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna go get ramen across the street. If, yeah. One bowl of ramen with this, with all <laughs> of our five dollars. No, it's, yeah. you, get, you get one tempura shrimp, girl. <laughs> yeah. With five dollars. But what a tempura shrimp. shrimp. Um. <sighs> okay, but this is all to say, I think 
I think we got Biddy at the end, obviously. But <laughs> wait, is it over? I think oh, wait, it's we, over. Yeah, are we scene, still on stage? Scene, oh, okay, scene, thank scene. You. oh, we walked out. We walked out. The, all the the, the five out. other the five DePaul teams that were there are all glaring at we us. Actually, as we actually, but we got a standing ovation <laughs> yeah, from did. that. Yeah, yeah. We're going viral now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're going to wrap this up and it's time for improv edit. We're going to call something out that we talked about today and uh, talk about whether we'd sweep edit or tag it out or call lights or some other improv technique that we have in our toolbox, as they say, mm. <laughs> as those teachers say. <laughs> I want to heighten everything that's been said. I, I want to heighten the fact that we were all very vulnerable today, you know, or mm-hmm. celebrate the fact. You know, I want to I want to call lights on and bow to the fact that we were very ce- we, were, we were no, what is it? I want to be an audience member and clap at the fact that we were very <laughs> yeah. vulnerable today. Standing ovation. Standing I want tonight, up. I want us, our vulnerable performances tonight to be like the Bob Curry showcase applause that you um, get after after each act. Applause. How electric uh, that room is. I to to the this day, room. I never never have I performed in a in a hotter house. Never. Mm. Like that's truly I never. Yeah. I I I love that. I love that space. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call lights on used condoms. <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call lights on um, fake homies. Fake, fake homies. Fake conversations. Fake uh, putting on like a show instead of being present and in the moment with people on you stage mean, and off. Yeah. Or one would say maybe put on a veneer. <gasps> that is. Say that's it again. It. For the neuroses. For the neuroses. <laughs> Uh, I am going to call, what am I doing? I, um, I'm a director and I'm stopping Mm. a scene because it's going, it's just going somewhere bad and I don't want to put the actors through that. So I'm saying, stop, let's try it again. Uh, let's talk when we get back into our buildings, let's, let's talk way more openly about mental health. Let's in the classrooms at warmups before Mm -hmm. shows, uh, because we need to stop pretending we're two different people. We're not, we're whole peoples in these places and we need to be presenting with our whole selves. Um, and as teachers and directors and we, we can be doing a better job creating those spaces. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what technique that is other than just the director yielding power to say, stop the scene. It's terrible. I can't yes. watch it any longer. <laughs> Rich, you got an edit? <laughs> um, let's just edit how we did things uh, before. I just, we're coming out, uh, hopefully, out of this pandemic uh, and coming into a brand new community. Um, yeah. And the, regardless of who's going to change, what's going to change, or if no one changes, the scene will change whether people mm. want it to or not. There, I think there are uh, a lot of like great things happening on the horizon that like people are, you know, starting up uh, that is not beholden to any like institution. So like, that's great. That makes me hopeful. So I just say like, edit, get rid of like all like the stuff that we knew of the previous world that we were just like, we didn't like it. It didn't work. There's a reason why we talked about it so much now because now that it's gone, we're just like, oh, it's like that. It's like that real shitty person who was in the room in the party that no one likes just left. And you're like, all right, we need to talk about that wooden yeah. bitch that just left. <laughs> what did they just say? Who invited that person? <laughs> Rich, 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us. That was awesome. Thank you for having this me. Guys. This was so delightful. Yes, this we was love you. So delightful. We miss seeing you. Can't wait for hugs. I, yeah, this was great. I this is way better a way better treat than a Easter chocolate bunny on this Easter Sunday. This was my this is my this is my chocolate egg. Self from the dead. Yeah, I would go for it to say that. I prefer chocolate, but. <laughs> well? uh, Steve, uh, what are you going to do after this? I'm going to eat din din because it's <laughs> only seven. It's only like seven o'clock here. So what are I we having eat. tonight? What's for food? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, cool. I'm going to eat din din, but then I'm going to, and then I'm going to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier again. Ooh, yeah, so baby. Good. I love theirs. Wait, have you seen, has everyone seen it? There's like a, a mini therapy scene in it, of, which is really dope. Yeah. I just didn't have seen the newest episode. episode. Yeah. I haven't yet. You, so ever, has everyone seen? You haven't seen the new episode? Nope. No. No. I, oh, no, I, I, said, won't, I won't say the okay, scroll. Never mind. Say okay. No, just, nope. Don't say anything. Uh, Felicia, no, ending what are you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Felicia, what are you doing after this? Yeah, I'm on season eleven of Grace. Oh my god, you are crushing wow. this show. I am wow. watching it. I really this, didn't have to watch. Is this your first time going through it, or are you doing a rewatch? First time going through it. First time going. Mm. Got you. Got you. Got you. Wow. And God I just bless. feel like uh, I feel like I'm friends with them all. Rich, what are you going to do? Uh, man, I I have to clean my dishes because I made dinner before uh, before starting this podcast. So I'm gonna do quite a few dishes and yeah, and then figure job, the rest of the night out. Dishes. That's good. Oh, I don't. I can't. I can't leave. I can't leave stuff like nope longer than like an hour or two. I have to. I have to watch it and put it away. I can't leave them in the sink long. Um, I uh, I made a uh, filet mignon. Uh, and okay. then had a side of uh, uh, I did like a like a surface of some filet mignon, and then I had uh, lemon pepper shrimp, and then just this like mixed salad that I bought at Mariano's. So, just a mixed like, salad oh. on on the side of my steak and shrimp. <laughs> Come on, yeah. you had a you had a filet mignon. <laughs> Are you dating yourself? <laughs> Took yourself on a date. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. that's so I wonderful. I love that. I haven't gone on better dates since I started this pandemic. I create myself. I love that. In this in this political climate, you had a filet mignon. <laughs> I had a filet mignon in the middle of a pancetta. In the middle. And oh, you in the middle of the, in the middle in the middle of this ponde queso, you had a filet mignon. <laughs> uh, to quote back Rihanna, in this middle of this ponde replay. Whoa! <gasps> wow. Oh, yes. Red Anna. This yeah. is good. This is so good. Okay. What I'm are you sorry. doing, Ashley? What are I'm you gonna, doing? Ashley, okay, I'm gonna go watch. Uh, I'm almost finished with the Good Place, so I'm gonna go watch yeah. the rest of that. Don't spoil it. Shocking. Another good one. Another Don't. good show. They they've yeah, all been dead show. this entire time. <sighs> it feels like a, a good. Well, get out. I see you. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay great we are uh, gonna go be uh, decent human beings uh, thank you so much for listening we will see you next time bye you say are we are we gonna do our This is an Area Code podcast.